welcome to From the Rooker End, a podcast all about a life following Watford Football Club. We're going to talk about an evening following Watford Football Club uh, as we... Hello, Mike, you all right? Um, no, I don't think I am, actually. <laughs> we'll discuss that. And DCW is here. Uh, I don't know why I bother. <laughs> well, that, 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 maybe we call that the, the title of the podcast. I wish the trains were actually cancelled so I couldn't make it to this bloody pub. <laughs> we are at the Railway Arms, uh, the spiritual home of From the Rooker End, where we first started podcasting way, way back in the day. But we just watched Watford lose four, was it four in the end? Yeah, four nil away at Swansea City. I will always, as you know, Michael, try and find yeah. realism, positivity in things how can you how can you but I really can't in that there were look let's not beat around the bush it was an absolute it was an absolute disgrace we've got the humping um, at Swansea tonight that we should have had from Millwall on on Boxing Day you know we lost that game 2-0 but that was the most one-sided 2-0 I've ever I've ever seen so I think I saw I can't remember who described it but they called the first half against Millwall farcically one-sided and it absolutely was it was it was it was a performance for the ages, it was spectacularly bad on Boxing Day. So what you're looking for this evening, yes, let, we'll caveat it with saying it's an incredibly patched up team. Yes, there, there were injuries in the game. Yes, Ken Semmer is, is missing for the first time this season. We know how vital he is. But I don't care about that when you put on, again, in the context of the performances that we've seen recently, you have to, you have to respond and you can put 11 professional footballers out onto the pitch who can, at the very, very least, do the job that they're supposed to do with some degree of vim and vigour, some degree of making it difficult for the opposition. An opposition, may I add, who hadn't won for eight games. 23rd of October, I think it was, was the last time they, they won. Yes, obviously, there's been a gap, but they hadn't won in eight. And, you know, they, we were wondering whether it was going to be five or six by the end. So for that to be the... Um, the response, and yes, a, a, a tricky away day, of course it is, but for that to be the response to what was just an abject display against Millwall at home on Boxing Day is, I'm afraid, catastrophic. It was, it was dismal, it was without even the, even the remotest redeeming feature, uh, and where you go from there, when, where, where everything is so evidently knackered, literally and metaphorically <laughs> yeah. is is anyone's guess but if, if, to, to be we can't I, don't, I can't even look at the picture at the, the season in, in 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 a in a bigger picture because it's so it's so broken if that's how you react to a crappy performance um like that like they served up against Millwall, regardless of all the injuries then there are some serious serious issues well, do you something that I think there was, at least from Savan's point of view, he did try to make Watford a something hard to beat because he knew that with all the injuries, there was no chance, no chance really of putting out a Watford side that was able to push and to drive and to, to, to grab a game, maybe grab a Why win... Not? Maybe, well, maybe the, I think the only way I could ever see grab a win was be if Ishmael Assar got his out of his backside Ishmael and actually Asar, did his stuff. Who because we we've seen million quid for Keenan Davis, who has got designs on being a uh, a Premier League forward. Yeah, exactly. That, but if if they stepped up, that was the only time that we would have grabbed the win. Not 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 orchestrated. Not 
you know, commandeered it, not, you know, been anything. We would have maybe grabbed the win at best. But they weren't even there. But he did try, I suppose, as best he could with five at the back. I don't, I don't think we should be pointing the finger at Bilic for this no. situation. I think he... Well, let's, let's start... They're not, they're not point, I'm not pointing finger at him, but you can see what he tried yeah, to yeah. do. I know, I know. I agree with you. I think he, he did what was probably sensible, probably the only thing he could do with the, what he had at his disposal was to... We've got a lot of centre-backs who are fit, put them all on the pitch, or as most of them on the pitch as is feasible. Um, you know, have the wing-backs, but make them, you know, maybe tell them not to be that adventurous and just try and hold on and as he said before the game you know Swansea whilst they were not in good form I don't think they'd won in eight but they were they are a team that dominate possessions you you wouldn't you wouldn't come to this game expecting to have most of the ball and expected to be on top so it's like okay we know they're going to have the ball let's just try and defend let's just try and get something if we get a goal on the break we get a win or we get a point we, we come home we regroup but as soon as that first goal went in when you play that game plan and you go behind, then you've got to be able to change it, and you've got to, the game changes. And we just do not have the options in the squad to, to do anything else at the moment. And even the players that we had on the pitch couldn't make it through the 90 minutes. Delhi Bashiru, who is unexpectedly starting a run of games in the first team, he's injured now as well. We started the game with two right backs on the pitch, none of whom in an ideal world, would be starting games. And yet, that one of them starting on the other side. You have to look at the injuries. And that is a huge mitigating circumstance to, to where we are at the moment. But the disappointing thing is, as some of the people were saying in the pub with us, just, mm. just round the table there, is you can, you can excuse us going behind because that's football. You can concede a goal at any time in any football match, that, even if you're defending well. It happens. But to capitulate after that and to lose yeah. 4-0 is, is disappointing in the extreme. And there were players that did come on who were fresh, you know, who... Uh, you know, James Morris didn't look very good for that fourth goal, but it's the fourth goal. Bakuna would, it did, did look, looked appalling for that third goal. And he is a good example of where we're at. Really... If everything was well, he wouldn't be at the club. Yeah. There's a reason he was a free yeah. agent. But, but There's a reason he was a free agent. There's a reason he's here. It's because we've all we've got six now we've got six central midfielders injured. So that's why he's there. And it's no surprise that he doesn't really look up to it. If he was that good, somebody else at our level or higher would want him, and they didn't. What, what we haven't done tonight is you've, you put 11 players out on the pitch and you might write, you're telling a left back to play right back or vice versa. You have, but after, you're then asking mid, uh, a defender to play in midfield. It's difficult, it's awkward, it's not what anyone would want. But there is a level of, I don't want to say the word commitment because obviously they're committed, they're doing the, the best they can, but, aren't, but they're not performing anywhere near enough on an individual level, even if you are out of position. I think, we, we, Dave, you mentioned it, that body language on, on Boxing Day was absolutely uh, tragic. And it was, it was similar to, again today. You go 1-0 you know, down, which was a mistake. You know, Trusty Kong um, fluffs his clearance and then gets done again when the, when the guy takes over in, in possession. You've got to be better. You've got to put it in. You've got to put the yards in. And you've got to put more yards in when you go, go behind. You know, in some ways, coming to Swansea, you, you talk about Millwall, who duffed us up twice this season. Watford absolutely melted in the face of Mill. And they weren't even, you know, we talk about it like they're these barroom brawlers. It's not like they were punching, pushing everyone around the place. They were just tough. 
and they asked us to stand up to them, and, and we did. We, we were the only ones punching players. <laughs> and, and, and this goes back to to what I said earlier about there being real real issues. Hassan Kamara knows the state of the squad because he's in and around it every week, and he goes and does that. He gets sent off. We're, we've got no, we haven't got a specialist left or right back as it is. And, and he d- does that. And, and we're, we're bereft even more now. We haven't got him for three games. So for him to lose his rag in that game, just for me, tells you the malaise that is, mm. that is in the squad. And I, I've said it before, and I hate this sort of these... We, so far this season, we've been Pedro FC. And I hate, you know, that's very 10-year-old on Twitter. I think that's a good point, though, Mike, because it's very easy for us to, to lament that performance and, and justifiably so but I think there is some sort of basic psychological element to when you know your best player and your best player by some considerable distance isn't there Just and, and that's before you even get to all the other players that, that, yeah. would, that would contribute psychologically it probably does have an effect you probably are yeah, going yeah, to Swansea and thinking of course it's yeah. going to be tough this is he's well, the only player that scored goal for us since goals for us in the last you know sort of recent run of games and it is difficult, but that doesn't excuse it. As no. Mike, Mike's completely right, it, you need to dig in and you need to think, right, we are, we've just got to get through this period and yeah. get some bodies back. And, and that is what we're really struggling to do at the moment. Jace was right after that Millwall game on Boxing Day to sort of prophesize that we, wouldn't, you know, that we would struggle in those next two games. Because what we've been good at so far this season is when we have had bad games, we've had bad defeats to the likes of Millwall away, Blackpool away and whatever, we've bounced back quickly. We haven't gone on a losing run. Mm. We haven't gone on an amazing winning run. We also haven't gone on like a yeah. lose four or five in a row. But now that's what we're looking at. We've got Norwich in three days' time. That's not a long time to get Delhi Bashiru back, to get Ken Semmer back. Certainly not going to get the long-term absentees back. We, we, it's, it, forget about the end of the season now. It's one game at a time. You need to arrest this decline. And by hook or by crook, they've got to stop the rot before it really does set in because then as I mentioned on Boxing Day it doesn't take too long before this becomes crisis yeah I mean we, we had a, we had a lovely fun chat in the pub of <laughs> do you remember those days in the championship where you always said when we get to 52 points 52 points we might stay up which we did when we first started the podcast I think that's what we did we the first season we got to 52 points and we started going wow what's beyond 52 points we're not there yet Michael but I'm not thinking that way yet no you talk about, about Dave, what's, what is next? What do we do to sort of uh, arrest this problem? Well, we do have two signings already signed. They can start playing from next week. That's bodies. That could be a big thing. Kone is going to start against Norwich, isn't he? He's going to have to because there's, there's literally no one else. It is, it, I mean, it is extraordinary. You know, I've done my, uh, come off my long run and, and berated him, and I think quite rightly so. I don't, I don't think I'll regret anything I said about that performance. I think it was absolutely lamentable. But the, the state of the squad is, is ridiculous. The amount of players missing and key players missing. You look at you know, the experience, you forget about people like Tom Cleverley, who on a night like that can just sort of get, get people going and knows how to slow the game down, how to alter the pace of it. Well, he can only slow it down, I suppose, at his age. Oh, Sorry, Tom. Merry Christmas, listen. Tom. Um, but you know what I mean? Those sort of players, loser, Pedro, um, Ken Semmer, there, there, is an ex, there is an extraordinary injury list that we're facing. It is, And it is a crisis because you watch that side tonight and it's... it's it's, it's, it's astonishing how bad it was. It's really bad. So these guys coming in, are, they're going to have to make an impact because we already, before the injury crisis, and this is something that I know 
people will want to want to talk about is the state of the squad before the injuries. Yeah. And I think we are now at a situation where it's gone past the sort of the average championship sort of injuries. You'd hear other if you heard, if other clubs listened to us complaining about injuries, they'd be saying, "Well, you, Watford, you got parachute payments. You got this squad. You got this guy. You got that guy." So of course, other teams have suspensions. They have injuries, but but not like this. When you're you're virtually as it stands, your entire midfield is unavailable to you. Well, it's we we literally. did a, we put on the socials. I put out my depth depth charge uh, depth chart. They, they, depth need, depth they charge. need a depth charge underneath <laughs> and before the game on uh, against Norwich. So. Uh, like to see what, what state we're in. What do we need for this transfer window? And you look at it, and the, what would be the first choices? There's so much of it out. There's even first and second choices we know in in the midfield. This is, I suppose, this point in the season where fans start looking at this transfer window. Dave, should we be looking too much at the transfer window to help us, or is it, as you've already said, is it just a matter of, hey, let's make some changes, let's add what we can add, but we're not. We, we our biggest problem is just the injuries, and we just just. just just see it out a little bit it's really difficult because they've already signed two central midfielders and they probably weren't expecting to sign more than one I don't think and, and they probably weren't expecting to sign Bakuna but they had to sign him because they were already short and now we're even shorter than we were Bakuna hasn't played enough football to be playing 90 minutes and now here he is and you can see how not up to it he was towards the end of the game there with the effort that he put in for the third goal and Kone who has just come back from the World Cup and you know it, it's still a big jump for him to come into to England and to play in the Championship it's, it's not an ideal situation for him to be come in and be basically relied upon to be the linchpin of our midfield from, from, from day one they would not have planned to strengthen that area of the pitch and as we know with January transfer windows, they can be disappointing and frustrating and difficult and it's quite rare that you, you end them with all the things that the supporters want. But because midfield-wise, we do know that Cambe and Chowdhury mid-January, hopefully, yeah. but cleverly and loser, both long-term. And Gosling, and Gosling of course. I mean, like you say, that you, we, we put out that, that, that depth chart you know, need to address that central midfield was a big part of what everyone sort of said. It doesn't feel like that's going to happen. It feels more like they're going to have to. We're just going to have to wait. So I just sort of want to talk, you know, you know, get some perspective on it. Don't think we're going to get more central midfielders in. They've done some business there. We just have to wait a little bit. We need a left back. We, we need, need a right back. back. Yeah. We need midfielders, and we need someone who's going to score. We need because I, you know, let's start at the back, and this will be what I was alluding to earlier. Mm. We're talking now. The season feels like it's. Like I tried to. That's what I was trying to explain earlier. It's, it's hard to know what to do now, because is the season gone? Well, what's gone? It's not gone. No, it is. No, it's not gone. What's got are gone? First and second, yeah, but not even a hundred percent gone we know that a the, great the, reason it hasn't, the reason it hasn't gone is because you can, I think you can you can almost forget about an automatic promotion bar, mm. barring a miraculous run which we did last time but we'd need to do that again and some to, so to get it, there 13, again 13 or yeah. so points isn't it so, but yeah mm. so it's, it'll be extraordinarily difficult to get into that top two but the rest of the division is so bunched up so yeah. tight yeah, yeah, yeah. and that that is a saving grace for us that's something that we can you know can't, we can't hang around too long because before you know, because it, or the other flip side of it being so tight is that yes, we're still in touch with everything, everyone around us, but also pretty close to the bottom as well, closer than you'd like to be. Because especially considering what we're still fourth or fifth in the league. But as I said before, you 
you have to really it is it is short we need to think about the short term here we have got to get through these games we've got to we've got to get bodies back and we have to do everything Gino Ben Manga Gioretta if he's still involved anyone at the club has got to look and do everything they can whether it be loans free agents signings spend a bit of money that you weren't expecting for give old Macquarie a call and get some more cash in get someone <laughs> in we need bodies we need yeah. bodies that are going to help us win football matches but are they going to do that do you, do you I, really I, think they no, will no I don't I, well I think they will. Re- I think they will realise the importance of the situation. They will realise what we're up against, and I'm sure Billich will be furious and will be begging for any help he can get. But based on past experience and what we've seen, I, I, it ain't going to be easy. And if anyone does turn up, they're not going to be we're, Bakuna we're not, level. They're going to be Bakuna level. Exactly. That's what. That's what you're going to get. So we shouldn't hold our hopes up for anything like that. But I think they. I think they will realise the gravity of the situation. I think they will try and do stuff. They'll know that maybe okay. Plan, things have changed. S- events have overtaken us. So any plans that we had have gone out the window. We've got to react to what we, to the to the pretty terrible hand that we've been dealt at the moment. But as fans, we should not be sitting here thinking, "Oh, it's January, fine. We can get some. It's going to be no, fine. We not, can we can get players in. What, it's what it's going to be unlikely." Is we've got this, as you rightly say, Dave. This short-term need, which is you know we've just watched the game. We saw the game against Millwall. We know the squad depth. We've got this short-term need. How effectively can we plug it and where can that get us is, is, is a question I don't know the answer to and I'm sure we're all scratching our heads. And also, if you sort of... The juxtaposition of this coup, if you like, of getting um, Benjamin Manger in as, this, as the technique... You know, he's, you know, he's world, world famous for his, for his scouting and, and for building, uh, building... Well, for, for finding talent. And that does strike me as a... As, a, as, a, as an acknowledgement that they need to be better in that department. But also, we know that that can't happen overnight. This is his... The impact that, that Manga is going to have is presumably over years as opposed to, yeah, to months. At and best, it, in this window, you know, Dave might know a bit more about this in terms of impact, you know, with his... Your, you know, you chat to these journalists all the time, Dave, and they're at The Athletic in terms of their business and what's good and what's realistic. At best, he's got a different contacts book to Gino to be able to maybe oh, yeah. bring in from, from somewhere else. So it, it <laughs> might... It's a positive thing. Yeah, so it, it might... You know, I absolutely believe that you're right. I think Manga, as I said before in the podcast, the whole point of it is Gino's actually gone... In the summer, we thought we needed to change something, so let's change the manager, and that didn't work out. He needs to... His sort of world of changing, so he's gone, right, maybe the whole you know scouting network of of the Pozzos hasn't changed enough so let's get Ben in to, to do the whole thing but he might do something short term in terms of yeah. those those younger hungry or talented players from somewhere else that Gino doesn't have it's really interesting actually because in an ideal world I'm sure Mango would have wanted to come in take the rest Put of the season get his feet <laughs> under the desk yeah. work out the lay of the land plan for the summer Start coming in and saying, right, I'm going to plan for the summer if we go up, plan for the summer if we stay down. Here are our options. Two or three or four or five options in every position, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of what you'd want to do in an ideal world as a technical director, head of scout, whatever his whatever he's title is. But now, actually, as I said, the events have overtaken us, and this is a test. Get your black book out, Ben. Yeah. Who's on your list? Because you'll have, data, you'll have databases. Yeah, yeah. They'll have players. They'll know. They'll have data. They'll know who they want, and they know who they liked, and, and players that he's seen before, and players that maybe weren't good enough 
anywhere near good enough to play at Frankfurt, but you might think, actually, you know, that guy was fourth or fifth on our list at Frankfurt. He could be brilliant yeah. for us When now. he left Frankfurt, he did Control-C, Control-V. Yeah. He must have well, done exactly. it. exactly. Yeah. So now you've got an opportunity. So it is an interesting situation for him. We'll see. It, it, it may well not be possible, but I suppose the fact that he's here now is better than yeah. if this is a situation that happened in August or last January. But yeah. what, what I've found sort of... It's almost like watching a an accident in, in slow motion, sort of watching on with horror as some of our best players disappear from the first team. Imran Loser taken from yes, we only have him for a short time, but it's evident how important he was going to be and what impact he could add in the Two goals, three games. In the in the championship. He just, he just walked into the side and instantly we we were better. Jao Pedro, without Jao Pedro we were a different kettle of people like Tom Cleverley, I even I've said before. Mm. But, and we're, we're almost certainly going to see the back of Ismail Assad. Whether they'll change plans because of the injury crisis, I don't know. I think the financial situation with Saar is so pressing that, that that is just a line on the accounts that they've got to deal with. It's a, it's a plaster that they've got to rip off. And it feels to me like now is the time that that's going to happen. So let's work on the basis Ismail Assad leaves the building as well. And what you see very quickly is a very championshipy looking football team and when you've got a, a, a team like that who hasn't got the spuds to turn up against Millwall and then to, to turn up away at Swansea, which is a very, very different challenge, an easier challenge, if you like, than, than Millwall, they knew what you were going to get from him and, and they were, weren't able to deal with that. How quickly you get sucked into that malaise, that sort of churn, humdrum, just average championship, because that, so many of our performances have been that. And you've got so many players in our squad who are evidently at the at the level. People like Joseph Hungbo and Gakir again has fluffed his lines tonight. He's he's going he's going backwards. There's players that just they reek of the championship in this squad, and it's and it's very very easy to go from you know we're, we're spoiled at the moment, and they're not going to be around for much longer. So you mean championship team because of their skill level, but not championship team in terms of their presence. Both. I think I think they're championship level in their ability, but they're not necessarily championship level in their in their application at the moment. Yeah. I'm afraid. But what we've seen is a glimpse into into the into the not too distant future, unless all these different elements that we've spoken about fall into place um, and and come good. Bilic has got a massive job on his hands. There will be question marks over him. He's failed to get the team well, going we after. Did, we said that. Did you say that earlier on? He said, you know. We're not putting any blame at his door. No, there'll be questions. What questions? Well, why why has your team responded like that off the back of injuries? I've said I set them up to do this to play this way, but yeah. fortunately the game changed, and I don't. You haven't got. I haven't got the ability to make changes. If I'm, I'm Billich. I'm, I'm answering that question by saying I've got I've got Yasser Espriu in midfield starting for the umpteenth time this season who shouldn't be starting games yeah, yeah, never expected yeah. to start games I've ended the game with Mario Gaspar in midfield who hasn't got the legs to play anywhere on the pitch let alone in central midfield you know I've got a bloke who nobody wanted who, who, who isn't ready for first team football clearly in Leandro Bakuna like I've got nothing he's got nothing to work with yeah fine maybe you can say oh they should be more up for it or whatever but Christ! Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm on board with that. I totally. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I am in, in, in Billich's corner. Don't get me wrong. But we all know 
that two more performances like that and he doesn't he won't be yeah. talking to anyone he'll be talking to uh, his chauffeur on the way back from the tra- change, uh, dressing uh, training ground having found out that his fob doesn't work anymore trickle his own chauffeur we, <laughs> well he'll be able to afford one when he gets paid out from Watford but you know what we, you know what I mean there is pressure there will, the yeah. more performances like that regardless of the uh, regardless of the, yes regardless because Pozzo wants Watford needs Watford in the Premier League that's, he's not here to be in a, a championship side that loses 2-0 at home to Millwall and 4-0 away to Swansea. He's not interested. He can't have it. The financials we don't fully understand, but Dave sort of um, jokingly mentioned Macquarie Bank earlier. You're not taking out payday loans left, right and centre if you're in fi- rude financial health, if there aren't some issues that need dealing with. Mm. He needs to get Watford back into the Premier League and therefore Slavon Bilic is un- under pressure, just like every Watford manager under the Pozzos was before him. So he's got a... He knows that he'll be operating with that... Perhaps it's no different to, to it was last week or the week before. The, the pressure on the Watford head coach, perhaps, is just constant. Lose five in a row or five bad performances and you're out. Injuries, we've got to, so we, we can't, certainly can't pick up anymore. Billich has got to operate in, under, that, under that increasing pressure. The injury situation has to improve and, and not get worse. We need to do our transfer business quickly and smartly if, and if that means getting rid of Ismail Asar and all the hoopla and circus that, that surrounds that we need to do that so we can draw a line under that wholly unsatisfactory saga and, and as Dave says and, is it Ben or Benjamin are we calling him Ben I'm not calling him Benjamin I'm going to go Mr Manga let's, <laughs> Mr. let's Manga. give him a, yeah Mr Manga he's got to potentially start having an Doing impact sooner, sooner rather than later and all those things have got to come together if this isn't going to spiral out of control and the other thing is that the players, and there was, I think there was an article Andrew French wrote in The Observer, another players' meeting after the Millwall, or another meeting after the Millwall game, talking about what went wrong. Well, I think we've seen how, how useful they are. Once they cross the white line, it is down to them, and you've got to see better. You know, they're representing us. They've got that Watford badge. We're supporters. There's however many hundred have travelled up to, to Swansea tonight. We've just seen a tweet from Slavin Bilic saying, I was thinking of the fans. I want to apologise to them. You feel sorry for them. Well, absolutely right, because we're really, in this business, the only ones that really count are us. Are the, are the, are the punters, are the fans who pour our heart and soul into watching that club, watching that badge, whoever's wearing it, go across the white line, and they're not doing it justice. They're not doing us justice. We deserve better, the badge deserves better, and they're the only ones that can deliver it. So they need to work out if they're going to do that and how they're going to do it. Because this up and down, these, these we sort of mentioned them earlier, Blackpool away, disgraceful, crap, absolute crap. Millwall away, Millwall at home, now this. It's absolute, it's, they're abominations. And yeah, we'll all get up tomorrow and the sun will come up and we'll, we'll do what will go about our day and, and whatever. It's, it's football, but let's, we deserve better. And I think they should be the 11 that turned up tonight, or whoever many, however, 13, 14 who ended up playing, should be ashamed of themselves. Mitigating circumstances all over the shop. But no Jean Pedro, right, it's my opportunity to come in and show that we're not Pedro FC and that I can stake a claim for when he goes next year, I want the starting shirt. Or, well, he's no good, boss, put me in next week. And there wasn't a bit of it. It was pathetic from front to back. Um, uh, uh, yeah, disgraceful. Not much accomplished this year, Dave. Uh, I think I counted the, uh, yesterday 12 wins, two in the Premier League, 10 this season so far. Achievements is always an important thing to do. 
And I think we should end this podcast by talking about your achievement about visiting 52 pubs. <laughs> we're, we're all the Watford players there at every single 52 pub you went to. If you go to DCW's uh, Instagram, uh, David Cameron Walker, at David Cameron Walker, you'll see his year uh, journey to visit 52 pubs. Where are they from? Their list? It's all from a book that I got given last Christmas. Um, a nice book of London pub recommendations and I just I read through it and I flicked through it and thought oh there's 52 in here why not try and do one every week I didn't exactly do one every week <laughs> you've done about five I, in the last I, day I've yeah. done about 16 in the last two weeks um, <laughs> but it's been, it's been a, yeah it's been, a, it's been a great year one more tomorrow yeah one more I'll drown my sorrows <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll be toasting Tom Deli Bashiru's ankles yeah. in my 52nd pub tomorrow. Oh, it's, been a, it's been a tough year for. It started with a 1 0 loss against Tottenham. That last, yeah. on extra time. Oh, yeah. Header. It's been, it's been difficult, hasn't it? As, yeah. uh, from a Watford point of view. This season, I said before the World Cup, it hasn't really felt like it's got started. And now it felt like we've taken two, two steps back. And it's. Things are going to have to change if if 2023 is is going to be is going to be better. You know what I alluded to there was there are evidentially there are evidently attitudinal problems at the football club. I think if players are, are turning in performances like that on a on a vaguely uh, vaguely regular basis, and they haven't gone away. You know we were very vocal when when Rob Edwards was sacked about the direction of the club and 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 how we felt that we were upset that the the planning and the structure and the strategy was was going astray. And that, there's been a couple of eye-catching wins, notably Luton, of course, and, and Slavin Bilic has been a, a force for good, I think. He has got mm. the team looking better. But, but those big, big issues haven't really gone away um, and never they more evident than when your backs, up are, are up, back, backs are up against the wall like they are when we've got a threadbare squad like this. I think it's worth underlining just the situation that we're in in the, the league table and the season. Blackburn are in third, played the same amount of games as us and most other teams around them, 25 games. They've got 39 points. Preston are in 15th, again played 25 games. They've got 34 points. Third and 15th are separated by five points. Now, in any other season, if it was a slightly more normal championship season, Watford on 37 points after 25 games, we'd probably expect to be 10th or 11th right now. So we sort of... We are, we are at once both protected by the mediocrity of the division, but also made to look a lot better because of it. Mm. So you can, you can, it's a glass half full or glass half empty situation. If we weather the storm in the next few games, get through the Norwich game, then you've got the, you, know, you can toss off the Reading game in the, in the FA Cup. Come no on one, in the 21s. No one cares about that. Get to that Blackpool game, and there's, there's a reasonably favourable run of fixtures from there, from there on for the next four or five games. If you can get some bodies back and get through it and go on a run, then we can, you know, there is an opportunity here because no one is excelling apart from no. Sheffield United and Burnley, who are clearly much better. And we, ironically, we've beaten both of them. You know, there isn't anyone else excelling, so it is still there for us somehow, some way. Well, it, it, I, it will there. only really take a yeah. good five games winning streak, not the 15, whatever we had in the last time we got promoted, a five game winning streak and then make sure we're on our momentum by the end of the season ready for the playoffs. I mean, that's, that, it. that's what it would, that's all it will take. Because like you say, the division isn't that, isn't really that difficult. Difficult for different reasons compared to the Premier League. So that's it, it, all it's going to take. But, but, you can't but take, after a performance like that, to even talk like, about that is misplaced, I think. It can happen. And of course it's possible, but to talk about that sort of 
going on that run of form in, in, against the backdrop of what we've seen in the last, whatever it is, three, four days, yeah. is we, inappropriate. We, we look, we, it, honestly, it's very difficult for us at the moment to string five passes together, let yeah, alone five counted. wins. <laughs> and yeah. you're, you're half joking, but it's true. It's uh, three at best, and then it's, it's possession loss. Look, we can talk about this all night. It's, it's been incredibly frustrating. It's been a frustrating year, and I suspect in some ways it's apt that we go out in a... A sort of blaze of sort of what? What's the what's the opposite of glory? Dribble. <laughs> Good <laughs> works works for me. And, um, but it's it's bad. It's yeah. really bad. And yeah. and and the yeah. and the club have got work to do to to turn this round. All the elements that we've been concerned about before are still, still there. there. And we've got stuff piled on top of it now. There are extra issues that we didn't anticipate in the shape of. Um, chronic injuries, uh, a, a squad that's going to be shifting again. So there is work to do. It's never dull at Watford. It's never easy, um, and it's over to those in charge to see, it, you know, with, to, to see if they've got the, the gumption, the ability, the metal to to do it. We'll be we'll be watching. But what I would say is, we deserve better than that. That that that's not good enough. <laughs> Thank you, DCW. Thank you. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> Happy New Year, Mike. Not for the first time, DCW has gone early. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back, of course, in 2023. Oh, and and also just just a, a big thank you, actually, to Massive. everyone that's listened throughout the yeah. throughout the year. It's, so it's never fun tuning in when we've when we've lost. It's you don't necessarily want to listen to it, but thanks as always to everyone we've met along the way. Doing the podcast remains a, a thrill and a, and a privilege and. It certainly adds to our Watford sporting experience. So uh, thanks to everyone that makes From the Rookery End what it is. We appreciate every download and listen that we get. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Thank you, DCW. Thank you. <laughs> See you later on it. <laughs> Come on, you on! <laughs>